Does life feel pretty unacceptable and unwelcome at times? Well, that sounds pretty persona non grata if you ask me. the spices that have been scattered with love, appreciating every bite you take. Nothing can ruin your perfectly set plate of biryani, right? Ah shoot, you've jinxed it. You were too blindsided to see it coming. The spawn of Satan making its way to you. There it is, the Elachi. After one, there's another one, and another one, and another one. And soon, your biryani is infested with Elachi. Don't get it? Here, I'll explain. The plate of biryani is your steady life. The bites you take means you're closer to finishing the quote-unquote plate of biryani. With each bite you take, you grow older. With growing older comes the different barriers of your oh-so-ethnic-heavy base life. Hence, the ilachi. Cute metaphor, I know. Hey guys, I'm your host Laiba and on today's episode we'll be addressing some of the many difficulties South Asians have to experience. Whether you follow the cultural traditions and beliefs with strict practice or loose reins, as a desi, the barriers are certainly not easy. From your very bipolar family to the party aunties who will pull your cheek and match you with their son or daughter who, might I add, probably had a 10 year age gap with you. Let's start off with agreeing that, even though we don't want to admit it, there are some stereotypes that have been experienced instead of broken. This generation is all about breaking stereotypes and creating a new norm, but unfortunately, it's easier to say than do. I would love to say that I'm an active supporter of this whole getting married young isn't supportive, but thanks to my starstruck down bad friends sending me TikToks and reels of happy couples and wedding ceremonies, I too have been trapped with this whole idea of marriage. Up until literally two weeks ago, I was a huge advocate for never getting married. Like, I chanted phrases such as, I'm never getting married, relationships are dumb. Like, my family wasn't even surprised that there might be a possibility that my younger sister could get engaged before me. But thanks to TikTok for making my For You page a gift basket for wedding videos, I too want to get married. Young. Okay, not like 18 or 19, but I have this crazy mindset that I have to set out my entire life. So the goal is marriage by 22 or 23 and first kid by 25 or 26. If it doesn't happen at that time frame, then it doesn't happen at all. Okay, I mean, don't hold me to that, but the thing is, us Desi people have an abnormal need to plan out our lives right down to the very end. Also, when I was young, I absolutely despised looking into my culture. I told my mom that I was going to have a traditional Western wedding and I swear, she could have fainted on the spot. I was all for breaking tradition and fitting in with my Australian friends. Okay, thank God I got some sense knocked into me when I turned 15. Because now, I want nothing but a full-out traditional wedding. I guess you could say social media influenced me. As expensive as it may sound, I want it all. I want nothing but the heaviest dresses. 800 plus people from both sides. Yeah, we have a lot of guests. All 100 events done to full extent. Okay, we don't actually have 100 events, but if I go into full detail, it will sound like our weddings take 4 months just to finish. Just saying, we have more than 3 events. So, it's pretty full out. 
The traditional wrecks are what make a wedding so full out, like stealing the groom's shoes, bargaining about the money with the groom before entering the house, staying up six nights in a row just to be semi-coordinated in a dance with your cousins. You get the gist. This sounds like gibberish to the people outside my culture, but I swear, hands down, our weddings are literally the best. Okay, what's up with people assuming that I'm automatically Indian as soon as I mention South Asia? I mean, there's Bangladesh, which is where I'm from, Pakistan, Bhutan, Nepal, Sri Lanka, but people just jump to the conclusion that I'm from India. Nevertheless, whichever country you're from, one major stereotype for you if you are South Asian is to do with careers. If you are South Asian, you are assumed to be a doctor, lawyer, or an engineer, like as soon as you pop out of the room. Your fate is practically chosen while the nurses are cutting the umbilical cord. As if I couldn't be any more of a disappointment, I did not want to do any of those three, like for a very long time. I mean, my heart was and forever will be set on acting. I've been performing since I was like three, but I made this deal with my parents that like I wouldn't contribute to any performances after high school. It was a way of bargaining my way into being allowed to perform all throughout high school, I guess. Then there was criminology. From there, I moved on to criminal psychology, and now my heart is set on law. My parents were very pleased after finally hearing that I wanted a profession within one of the three holy trinities of careers in a brown family. Seems like there are quite a few stereotypes that are just better to accept than to break, I guess. Okay, this one is targeted at a very specific audience. Call it me ranting, if you will, but ladies... My ladies, who are the oldest siblings. I'm not saying this because I'm in the same position as well, but I genuinely don't think people will ever be able to understand how mentally and physically draining being the oldest brown girl in a family can really be. At every dawah, the little kids are left with you, and at some point, you've had to calm some other auntie's baby down and put them to sleep. You'll be lucky if you find a spare room. If you don't say hello to every single guest, then you're basically walking into social suicide. The most you'll get asked at a family function will be, oh, what's your plan after graduating? When are you getting married? Or the forward statements from the gossip aunties like, oh my god, meet my son, he's your age. Can you cook and clean? I'm sure you help your mother around the house. I bet your grades are top notch. And if you're unlucky, you'll get the appearance judgments like, Oh, beta, you're looking a little dark. Sorry, auntie, I haven't exactly had the time to aggressively rub fair and lovely into my brown skin. Man, like, we're literally the same skin tone. I don't get it. You are a walking double threat. You're a girl, and you're the oldest in the family. You're in charge of setting a good example. And if you do as much as forget to wash a spoon, you instantly get the you want your little siblings to learn from you lecture. My parents have probably bitten the nails down to the cuticle because of the stress they go through with having to deal with a young adult brown girl. It's all about reputation. I mean, my family back in my home country are literally sitting on the edge of their seats just to hear every unnecessary update about my life. From a very young age, I was taught to believe that anything below an 85% was practically a fail. An Asian fail, might I say. If I get a B, my mom will be like, okay, okay, 
So to get an A, you need this mark, and well, you got that mark. And okay, I guess this mark is close to that mark, which is technically close to an A, so let's just put a little white lie. Okay, let's say a mark is out of 15, and to get an A, you need 13 and above. I get a 13, and my face literally drops. And my friends are like, girl, are you on something that's literally an A? No, nah, because if I show this to my mother, she will be like, mm, it's good, but where did the two other marks go? I need a hundred next time, but I guess this is okay. And okay from my mom is basically her saying, holy crap, my daughter is a failure. Heck, let's say I get a hundred. Someone like from back home will probably say, well, I like got 105%. My teacher gave me extra marks. That's how good I was. How does that make any sense? Like, their boasting goes above and beyond, I swear. I think the worst part about being the eldest daughter in the family is the talking down. My sister does something wrong and she'll be told, do not turn out like Libel. Like, damn, sorry my 13 out of 15 wasn't good enough. Being an angel 24-7 and setting good examples is not as easy as it sounds. I don't know why. But the more kids are kept in restraints, the more rebellious they become. Yeah, I was not that well behaved from ages 12 to 15, but we never reveal a brown girl's darkest time. It's the holiest code of codes. Oldest brown daughters are practically kept prisoned in their own homes. I know so many girls who are older than me who can't do more than walk to the mailbox alone. So, you know what? I'm grateful. Sure, I wish I had more freedom like my other friends, but I'm definitely coping. I literally could only go out once every two months and my mom literally held my hand while crossing the road until I reached 8th grade. I would move my hand away and she'd be like, oh, you don't know what it's like to be a mother. Okay, then explain why my younger sister literally runs through moving traffic like a maniac and you're just like, whatever, she knows how to cross the road. But when I moved to 10th grade, suddenly I got a lot of freedom. Okay, not a huge amount, but for me, it was revolutionary. I can go to people's houses, even if boys are there. I can go places alone. I'm allowed to spend my money without asking for permission. It is pure bliss. Like, okay, it took five teachers in year five to convince my dad to let me go on the school camp. They even got an extra teacher to come just for me. I was literally shaking when I had to ask my dad for permission about year 10 camp. I was so sheepish. I was like, um, hey, look. And then he just cuts me off. He goes, don't worry, I already paid. And I was like, yo, okay. The one that caught me by surprise was not too long ago. It was this year when I tried to build up the courage to ask my parents if I could go to Sydney for three days, which is like three hours away. He said yes so quickly, I was shook. Okay, let's assess the situation. A bunch of teenagers, including boys, going to Sydney for two nights. That being in Darling Harbour, one of the busiest cities in Sydney. I like to call it the New York of Australia. I'm starting to test my freedom limits, not gonna lie, but I guess it gets easier over time. I still hate being the oldest brown girl in my family though, no lies. And when I came back, I told them everything that happened and things that they usually wouldn't be okay with, they were, well, okay with it. And I was like, so you're not mad at me for doing this? And they said, why would we? You, you had fun. That's all that counts. And I was like, who are you guys? What did you do with my parents? It was... I was shocked. The thing is, when I do these things, 
go places, have outings, camp, whatever, I have to be cautious about where I'm posting and who I'm sharing with. The most a family member can know is my grandma. If people back home or even old-fashioned family members living in western places found out I was having outings, I would have been beheaded, I swear. I mean, okay, women aren't meant to have outings. They're meant to be private and quiet, not go out and have fun. Yeah, the old culture is very sexist, but what can you do? Family judgment is super scary, and if you fuck up, then not only are you shamed upon, but they'll bring your parents, your siblings, and your cat into it. And that's when it truly gets messy. Never a fun sight, let me tell you. Okay guys, this segment needs to be scattered amongst multiple episodes. Family in the brand community is something I'm very passionate about, and it's something that should be discussed more often amongst the younger generation to show that no one is really alone. There will be more episodes in the future addressing other hardships, so don't worry, this is not all. If I blabber about this for one episode only, I'm pretty sure it will take half the day just to listen to it, so I'm going to stop myself here. If anyone is ever having a hard time coping with keeping up with family or just life, my DMs are always open, and don't feel scared to reach out whether it's a little rant or simply just a chat about life. I'm here for it all. Make sure you tune in for episode 4 because, well, the next episode is always more exciting. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 3 of Persona Non Grata. Remember that you are beautiful and loved.